You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. This morning I want to go to the book of Psalm 23 and want to consider just a couple of verses in Psalms 23. Those being verse 1, verse 4, and verse 6. Psalm 23 is a psalm of David. Notice David said in verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you, our God, is with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Again, David said in Psalm 23 and 4, Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. David made a choice not to fear evil. And based upon his choice in verse 4, my subject this morning is simply a choice not to fear evil. Again, Psalm 23 is a psalm of David and David from his youth and throughout adulthood faced all types of evil. Evil primarily being trouble, distress, pain, illness, demonic activity, and such. Theologically, evil is that which attacks a person, especially a child of God, that is in contrast to the will of God. Because it is important to understand that suffering can be evil, but suffering can also be from God. When suffering is not a part of God's plan for your journey, suffering becomes evil. So we have to recognize as children of God, especially when whatever is attacking us is something that God allowed that in the end will make us better or something that is from the enemy And if it's from the enemy, the enemy's desire is according to what Jesus said in John 10.10. The enemy comes not before to steal, kill, and destroy. 
But again, David faced all types of evil. And it's important to understand from a biblical standpoint what evil is. And I only want to consider two passages in scripture. The first passage I want to go to is the book of Psalm 52. Psalm 52 is the first passage I want to go to in reference to evil. I want you to consider what he says in Psalm 52 and 3. You love evil more than good. Lying rather than speaking righteousness. Again, you love evil more than good. Lying rather than speaking righteousness. There are people that enjoy speaking evil more so than good. Breaking it down, there are people that enjoy speaking based upon what they see are here instead of the word of God. Sadly, there are even saints that love to speak based upon what they see and hear rather than what they have been taught according to the word of God. They love to speak what they see even though the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4 and 18, the things that we see are just temporary. They will not last. There are things, especially evil, when, when evil comes, evil appears to be something permanent. But again, the Bible is clear. The things that we see are temporary. So we have to be to the point to where despite all the evil or bad that we see, we have to stay focused on the word of God. Evil will come, but we have to make sure that we continue as children of God to think, talk, and do according to what is written and revealed. Because again, it's, it's very easy to say what you see, even though it's in contrast to the will of of God. And I love to remind us that the safest place to be is in the will of God. And the worst place to be is out of the will of God. So we have to be to the point to where we do not allow what we see, hear, or experience to dictate to us what we should utter out of our mouth, how we should function in life, or how we should think. Never allow what you see or hear to dictate to your heart what you should think, say, or do. Second passage I want to go to is Psalm 97. It's in the book of Psalm 97. I want you to consider Psalm 97 and 10. You who love the Lord hate evil. He preserves the souls of his saints. 
He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. Again, the first words in Psalm 97 and 10, you who love the Lord hate evil. As children of God, we must practice daily to hate evil. Evil is tempting, but we have to hate it. Evil sometimes appears to be wonderful, but we need to hate it. And he specifically here in Psalm 97 and 10 says to children of God that we need to hate evil. And even if in some way or another we get tied into evil, Notice he also promises here in the verse that he will deliver children of God from wickedness. So no matter what evil shows up at our door, no matter what evil tries to come against us, we must look to God to deliver us to do what he promised here in Psalm 97 and 10. And remember when it comes to the promises of God that all of God's promises are yes and amen according to 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. Now back in Psalms 23, again David from a young person throughout adulthood experienced all types of evil. But I want you to notice again what he states here in Psalm 23 and 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. David knew evil was real. He knew That evil was something that God had permitted to happen on earth. He even knew that he would be amongst evil. That's the reason he says again, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear evil. Death is present. Death is around me. But it's not going to make me fear it. It's not going to make me fear evil. And understand whether you're a Christian or not. You're going to experience evil. Whether you're filled with the spirit of God or not. You're going to experience evil. Simply because evil is something that God has permitted to happen here on earth. And so in knowing that, we have to make the adjustment and do what David did here in Psalm 23 and 4. He chose not to fear evil. And whatever you may be going through in your mind, in your body, in your life that you recognize as evil, you cannot fear that 
evil. You cannot allow what is attacking you on a daily basis, even an hourly basis, dictate to you to fear it. You do not have to fear evil. And you, child of God, don't have to fear evil for the same exact reason David did not fear evil. David knew point blank that God was his shepherd. He knew God was his shepherd to the point to where he said here in Psalm 23 and 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. I'm not going to lack anything because God is my shepherd. No matter what happens, I'm not going to want, I'm not going to lack anything because God is my shepherd. And when God is your shepherd, there are a number of things that you need to understand in reference to that. But I only want to deal with two things in reference to the Lord being a person's shepherd. Number one, it says about the Lord that he is your pastor. See, men and women are under shepherds, but the true and omniscient shepherd is the Lord, is Jesus He is your pastor. And what Jesus does as a pastor indirectly and directly is he feeds his children. That's what a shepherd, that's what a pastor does, feed his children. And according to Jeremiah 3 and 15, God said he would give shepherds that were according to his heart, that would feed folks with knowledge and understanding. God will give you the knowledge and understanding you need in order to deal with evil. God will give you wisdom in order to deal with what's attacking your mind on a daily basis. God will give you wisdom. He will give you knowledge and understanding in order to deal with what people are saying, what people are thinking, what people are doing that is in contrast to his will. But secondly, the Lord being a shepherd or our shepherd says about him that he is our guide and protector. God watches over his children. God will not allow the enemy to do no more than he has permitted him to do. Satan came before God according to the book of Job 1 and 2, the first and second chapter. And he talked about Job and and Satan asked God, could he do certain things to Job? And God permitted Satan to do certain things to Job. But God also warned him that you could do this, that, and the other, but you better not touch such and such. And so God will allow evil. He will allow things to come against us. But he will only allow those things to do so much. He will allow demonic attack. But he will only allow 
it to go so far. And so in in knowing that, you have to recognize that God is protecting you. Even when he permits certain things to happen, he is still protecting you. But he not only protects as a shepherd, he also guides. And he guides directly and indirectly. In this year of following the omniscient guide it's important for us to understand that God is guiding us through the Holy Spirit and even though right now you can't physically be a church you have to understand that the Spirit of God is still dwelling on the inside of you The Spirit of God is not just dwelling on on the inside of you just to be there, but he's there in order to guide you through your season of trials, guide you through your season of afflictions, guide you through whatever you may be going through in your life. And that's the reason Jesus himself said to his disciples, it is imperative, important, Significant that I go away because if I do not go away, the spirit of truth will not come. But he said, if I go and if I send you the spirit of truth, if I send you the comforter, he's going to guide you into all truth. And that's according to John 16 and 13. Why is he going to guide us into all truth? Why is God sending his spirit to do such? Because the truth makes you free. The truth is that which breaks us or delivers us from evil. Because evil will influence you to do in contrast to the will of God. But if you follow the spirit of truth... If you follow God's guidance, you will be made free. You will be made free. I love how Jesus said it in John 8, 31 and 32 in part when when he said to some people that were listening to him, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And see, understand this, from a theological standpoint, one antithesis of truth is fear. And so, as a child of God, it's important for you to hear the truth. Because if you do not hear the truth, evil will have its way with you. Evil will cause you to fear. Evil will cause you to be to the point to where you won't even acknowledge that which God ordained to free your mind, to free your body, to free your spirit. And so David did not fear evil simply because the Lord was his shepherd. But then David went on to talk about the Lord being his shepherd and exactly what God was doing for him and how God was with him. 
He continued to say in Psalm 23 and 4. After decreeing that the Lord was his shepherd and he would not fear no evil. He then stated, for you, Lord, are with me. You're with me, God. See, as a child of God, you have to recognize the omnipresence of God. And the only way you can sense the presence of God in your life is through having a personal relationship with God. When it comes to a child of God, you have to pray every single day. You have to get in the word of God every single day. You have to meditate on the goodness, mercy, and the grace of God every single day. And when you pray, meditate, and read God's word and listen to God's word on a daily basis, you have the same testimony that David has here in Psalm 23 and 4. For the Lord is with me. You'll know he's with you. You'll know that evil is all around, but there is one person that is bigger than evil that You'll know that evil is around, but you'll know more so that despite evil being around, your shepherd is protecting you. Your shepherd is guiding you. Your shepherd is doing in your life everything that needs to be done. David and the Hebrew writer said these particular words that that are very important when it comes to a child of God, knowing That God is with him or her. David and the Hebrew writer said. He will never leave you. Nor will he forsake you. He'll be with you always. Even when when fear or evil tries to make you think that God has left you. You have a promise as a child of God. He will never leave you. Never. That means even when the worst happens, God is still right there. That means even when everything that can go wrong takes place, God is still there. Even when the unexpected happens, God is still there. Even when something happens that you didn't ask for, you didn't desire to happen, God is still there. He's still there. And so you, child of God, despite the happenings of life, Do not have to fear evil. But David went on to say that God's rod and his staff comfort him. See, when you're dealing with fear, when you're dealing with evil, it's imperative that you are comforted. It's important For you to know that God is there making sure your life is a life of comfort despite what you're going through. God can give you peace in a storm. God can give you a hallelujah 
in the midst of your trials and tribulations. God can put in your being that is well. It's going to be all right. Even though you just faced the greatest tragedy in your life. Simply because God is the author and finisher of comfort. He will comfort you in the midst of whatever you face in life. Your rod and your staff comfort me. Contextually or according to Psalm 23 and 4, the rod of God represents his omnipotence. See, despite what we we see in life, despite what's happening in our world right now with this coronavirus, God is still omnipotent. He still has all power. He is still the supreme one. He is still sitting on the throne. There are others that are fearful because they do not recognize that God is still in control. But as a child of God, you must recognize that despite what is happening on a daily basis, despite the tragedies that are taking place, God is still the omnipotent one. God is still on his throne. Even when when Daniel was cast into the lion's den, God was still on the throne. And God did not allow the lions to devour Daniel simply because his omnipotence was at work. Even though the three Hebrew boys were cast into a fiery furnace, God did not allow the fire to devour them simply because he was operating in his omnipotence. And even now, God is omnipotent. God will never allow us to go through something that he has not ordained for us to go through. So, child of God, whatever you face, you have to recognize that that God is in control. Even Jesus recognized the omnipotence of the father as a man here on earth when he was about to face the cross he let Pilate and and, and others know that, that you would not be able to do this unless it was permitted by my father Jesus knew despite going through what he was going through on earth That God permitted it. That's the reason when he was praying in the garden of Gethsemane. And and when he asked God initially take away this cup. He then turned and said to the father. Not as I will. But your will be done. And as children of God. We must submit to the omnipotence of God. We must submit to his will and say to him, God, whatever your will is, let it be done. You are the omnipotent one. You are the one that is in charge. So if this is your will, so be it. 
Because again, the best place to be and the safest place to be is in the will of God. But not only did his rod comfort David, but David said his staff also comforted him. And the staff of God represents his sovereignty. The dominion of God. The rule of God. Understand, child of God, that whatever God has allowed to be sent forth in reference to his word is what's going to happen on earth. If you look at all that you see, you'll forget the rule of God. You'll forget the word of God. Nothing that you are experiencing can stop God's word from doing what God has ordained for it to do. God is moving mightily for his people right now. God is going to continue to move for his people. But we as children of God cannot allow what we see or what is happening here on earth say to us that God's rule or God's word is not going to manifest. No. Jesus himself said in Matthew 24 and 35, heaven and earth shall pass, but not God's word. Somebody asked me, what is going to be the conclusion of all that we're going through? God's word. God has the final say. That's the reason he is called the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the ending, the one that was, the one that is, the first and the last. God has the final say. I often say that if trials or troubles can stop God from blessing his people, he is not God. God will not allow that to take place. Despite what happened to his children in Egypt. God allowed his rule, his word. To come to fruition in their life. Despite what happened. During the days of Jeremiah when Nebuchadnezzar came in. And he took most of the children of God away. God's word had the final say. God is the sovereign. God does not have to boast about who he is. He manifests who he is through his written and revealed word. And so as children of God, we have to be to the point to where, based upon what I have said, That we refuse to fear evil. And David in concluding. Psalm 23 in verse 6. 
said as a result of not fearing evil or choosing not to fear evil surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life surely goodness the benefits of God are going to follow me Understand in the midst of what's going on now, God is still releasing his daily benefits. But if you get caught up in fear, you will miss what God is doing. You will only look at the bad and not the good. But again, David said, surely, goodness, God's benefits are following me. That's the reason he later proclaimed in Psalm 68, God daily loads us with benefits of goodness. But then he also said mercy. David said in the Psalms time and time again, God's mercy endures forever. This is what I love about God's mercy. Every time we experience tragedy, every time we experience affliction, every time we experience trouble, in the midst of it is mercy. It's something to be thankful for. In the midst of it is something to shout hallelujah about. Even when the worst happens, God's goodness and his mercy is still there. Even when we don't understand certain things, even when we wonder or even question certain things, when we look at all that's taking place, God's goodness and his mercy are still. And again, David decreed, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. He knew as a child of God that God was going to grant him goodness and mercy throughout his time on earth. And then he decreed, after that, he will dwell in the house of the Lord. So as children of God, choose to fear no evil. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.